this is an unusual podcast for me. I haven't even seen the host. I live over there. And this girl, Becky, sent over her chauffeur with an invitation. I'm Becky. What? Oh, I beg your pardon. I thought you knew old spot. I'm afraid I'm not a very good host. Beginner's call. This is your beginner's call. Will all show beginners please make their way to the studio? Tonight's performance of Overstudies is about to begin. Welcome back to another episode of Overstudies. Yes, we are back once again for all the theatre chat and nonsense that you love. Yes, you've already met one of the team this week. Yes, I am Becky. Not Gatsby. I Um, wish. (laughs) And I am Charlie, not Nick Carraway. No. But if you recognise those names, then you will know what this week's show is all about. Yes. This week we are talking about the Grit Gatsby immersive experience. Immersive experience indeed. This is not just a show. This is a show where you are part of the action and we had the best time and all that will be coming up over the next 45 minutes or so. Yes, we've got so much to talk about. But before we dive into everything, um, if you want to join in the conversation, head on over to Twitter you will find us at Overstudies and on Instagram, we are at Overstudies blog. Drop us a message, send us a tweet. You can also visit our website, overstudies.co.uk. We have a cheeky little contact form if you're old school, or you can send us an email, stage at overstudies.co.uk. Yes, indeed you can. Or if you prefer, jump on into that yellow Rolls Royce and head on down to Overstudies HQ, just at West Egg with the little green light at the end of the dock. Yes. (laughs) The hottest party this side of the Hudson. This week's show, we are talking all about the immersive London, the Great Gatsby experience, which we were fortunate enough to go and have a visit to recently. This was a gifted experience as part of producing a podcast on it. But all the views that we get are all the views that we'll be sharing are our own views. Um, So we were gifted some tickets that there is no expectation uh, for kind of anything to be said. So as always with other studies, you will be getting the 100% genuine and honest review yes you will be and we have so much to say about this we do um we loved it absolutely had the best time uh we both donned our best flap addresses um, yes we we committed we to that fully committed to the bit um <laughs> as you might have seen on some of our social media and do go and check it out because there's a couple more photos that we'll aim to share at some point you know probably not whilst you're listening to this depends <laughs> when you're listening to it to be fair they might be there they might not be there but yeah we had the best time getting all dressed up and heading on into central london now of course there were no tubes in 1920 two i think roughly is when it's set i mean there were tubes in 1922 but there were no tubes because there was a tube strike but there were no tubes in 1922 yes no tubes i think was the conclusion at that point (laughs) um so we had to battle in our flap addresses through central london to get to a exclusive venue near bond street known as one Jay Gatsby's mansion. And what an exclusive venue it is. So exclusive. As you arrive, your names are taken on the door. There's no tickets. There's no fancy schmancy modernity here. You give your names and if you're on the list, you're coming on in. And that is where the action begins. Literally. From the moment you give your name, you are in the world. You are in 1920s. It is is just so much fun. 
like the in just the instant kind of I don't want to say immersive too much because it we will be saying immersive a lot but instant immersion like you just get thrown straight into the deep end and I think that is why I loved it so much Absolutely. Now then, there are some house rules before we go any further. Mr. Gatsby kindly requests no cell phones, no photography, go easy on the liquor, look after each other, respect personal space, listen in, no talking over the action, but most importantly, make friends and enjoy the party. Yes, and make friends and enjoy the party we did. We had a very, very unique experience, I think. We had we had our own little journey, I think is the best way to describe it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think so when you're coming in, you enter into um, the main plaza, I guess we could call it, um, the centerpiece of Gatsby's parties. There's a room, a cloakroom, everything you would expect, a stage, a piano, and some time to mingle, some time to have a wander around. Um, absolutely. If you go to this, get there early. Um, it's really worth, you know, getting there a good 30 minutes or so before it starts just to kind of build up into the atmosphere. Some of the performers are already wandering around. They'll come up, have a chat, ask you, you know, how you're doing, uh, where you come from. Um, top tip, invent a backstory before you arrive. Um, yeah, you will benefit from that. <laughs> we, I managed to actually do quite well on the spot and say that we were competition winners from London. Yeah, you did. You did well, actually. You yeah. were like fully in character straight yeah. away. And I was like, there is a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, this is one where the action begins straight away, even before the performance itself does. And for an immersive experience, that is essential, in my opinion. And this gets that kind of balance absolutely spot on um where you know you could kind of get built up into it and you you warm up a little but equally you are in there straight away and you can get as involved or not involved as you would want to and i think that's why it works so well you have that ability to control how immersive it is for you in a way like we went all out dresses feathers everything but you can also just go and go in like after work clothes, you know, go straight from work and still have a great time. Yeah. Like it's you, you don't have to be all 110%. You can go and still have a great time just being yourself. Yeah. And that's it. It's, it is one where you kind of do have to go into it expecting to be involved and yeah. you know it is an immersive experience let's let's make it very clear and this is an actual immersive experience it's not one of those things where you're sat in a chair all night and they're going to call it immersive because the the whole venue is being themed this one you are moving around you are part of the action you are following quite literally the characters from f scott fitzgerald's famous novel so yeah, wear comfy shoes. That's the other top tip we will give. Yes, 100% because I had comfy shoes on and my feet still hurt. So <laughs> Yeah, so the show itself is based on, unsurprisingly, the novel of The Great Gatsby. For anyone who isn't familiar with that, it is a, in my opinion, one of the greatest novels of all time. I was going to say buckle up because we might have 10 minutes of just Charlie talking about how much she loves Great Gatsby. This this is your podcast, babe. Like this is your your moment to shine. It's like when you did, when we did the last five years and you just went off on uh, a little. Yeah. It's your, your area of expertise. The Great Gatsby is written by a journalist, Mr. Nick Carraway, who has just moved into a new place uh, in West Egg. Um, his neighbour is Jay Gatsby, a very mysterious figure with lots of rumour 
um, yet also one of the most honest men that Nick has ever met. Yes. A very, very interesting character. Yeah. And we see Gatsby through the eyes of Nick and all of our other characters as well. We're also introduced to the Buchanans, Tom and Daisy, who is Nick's cousin. And it turns out that Daisy and Jay Gatsby may have a history. The scandal. The scandal. Talking of scandal, we're then also taken along and into the world of Miss Jordan Baker, the famous golfer. What an icon. True icon. Genuinely. Would be called a, a socialite nowadays, but just, you know, stunning, beautiful, sophisticated. And maybe she has a little thing or two for a certain Mr. Nick Carraway. Oh, does she? Does she? <laughs> and then finally, we also have the Wilsons, Tom and Myrtle, the working class, ordinary folk of West Egg. Yes. But again, all may not be as it seems. Lots and lots of scandal. Lots of scandal. Some of it is covered in the immersive show. Some of it gets left out. Quite rightly, there is that much scandal. But put it all together and you get a incredible story of hedonism, of how things may not always be as they seem. And also coming back to that little old thing called the American dream. Yes. Lots of really interesting themes just in the story in general. And I think how they play out in this immersive experience is what makes it so unique because how how do you convey the themes of a novel when you are kind of trying to make it seem realistic you yeah. you can't do the you know symbolism as much with it without it being kind of realistic but i think that this does it both so well yeah absolutely and i think unique as a way of describing this experience is also exactly the right way because the nature of an immersive experience as well, how do you tell the lives of six, seven different characters all at once and still be able to actually get a feel for who they are and their personalities? And we'll, we will run through our experience of Immersive Gatsby pretty much in full very shortly, um, but your experience will be different from ours. That is the beauty of it because... Every single person will have a completely unique experience and we we actually want to go back to see if we can get a different experience. Yeah. But I also think because, you know, you've got these six incredibly unique, interesting characters and storylines, keeping the momentum and keeping things unique and keeping everyone engaged while still making it making you able to understand what else is going on for characters that you're not as directly kind of involved with it's just so clever like it it, yeah. it is incredibly it's genius this is a really creative and clever production if you know the story of gatsby it will help like i will that's one thing i will say if you know the story you will be able to follow along a little bit easier um but you don't need to have read the book to enjoy this for what it is you just need to kind of go in be open-minded and be prepared to get involved i think as well that's where both of us going and having different levels of knowledge of the book is going to make for kind of like an interesting discussion because this is your favorite book of all time one of them anyway i have read the book, have seen the films, went to see Gatsby 
the musical earlier in the year. I'm familiar with the story, but I don't know it like the back of my hand like you do. Yeah. So I think this is it. It's good that kind of we have the different perspectives, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. But it's also that knowledge of the book that also makes me so pleased that our experience came out as it did because it could not have been better. Absolutely agreed. Which means, I guess, it's time for us to jump in and find out what exactly that experience was. So I think we should start after we've checked in our coats, after we've spoken to the hosts and kind of jump straight into once we've taken our seats. Yeah. So this is still before the show has actually technically started. Yeah. And we were directed into the direction of a table. Yes, we were. Right in the middle of the venue. Yeah. And we disturbed a lovely young lady. Yes, we did. Who goes by the name of Myrtle. We did. And we had a lovely chat. Myrtle was so apologetic for taking the customer's seats, taking the party goer's <laughs> seats and sat us down and yeah, had a lovely chat, asked where we'd come from, what we were doing at one of Gatsby's parties and yeah, just got to know um, Merle Wilson. Yeah. And that's really where the fun began. The fun began, but also we stopped seeing Myrtle Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> we had a great chat with her for about five minutes and then never saw her again. But that's one of the things about large parties. Yes. So, you know, but yeah, that's where the fun began because not long after the play just, or the, the production just begins. Yes. Almost without warning. Yeah. You just kind of, because you're already so immersed in the experience. <laughs> I'm going to have to find a better way to say that, but because you're so, you're so in it already that when it does start, you're like, oh, okay, this is fine. Like the party's beginning, like, and it, but it works. Yeah. You don't have to wait for like lights to go down or someone to be like, you know, we're going to start. It just happens. Yeah. And you know, this can be achieved as well because they've already done the whole no mobile phones, <laughs> expect that it is as soon as you get in there. So when Nick Carraway comes out of nowhere and starts introducing himself and setting up the premise for the book, it takes a little bit of adjustment. You kind of have to go, oh, hang on a minute. We've actually started now. I need to start paying attention. And especially because we were sat literally in the middle of the room, kind of just twisting around like seeing like who's talking next like what's going and having characters moving around behind you do I just need to listen to this or do I actually need to follow where he's going who he's interacting with and it was just it was a bit like oh okay right where things are starting to kick off now and the next minute Nick Carraway has taken a note out of his pocket and is showing it to you and asking you to say what it says oh yeah which is that <laughs> Nick has been invited to Gatsby's party and at this point the whole production was waiting for me to read this note which was quite stressful yeah um <laughs> that was that was a very unexpected part of it i think because because when we came in it was very much a if the cast speak to you speak back to them but we i did i personally didn't expect it to be straight away i don't know why <laughs> yeah and this will a lot of this will depend on where you're sat and kind of where you are in in proximity to the uh performers but this is the truth though you have to be ready to kind of jump in at, at any moment they'll just turn to you and and ask you a question or like address you directly as part of the pr production for me that was also actually one of the, the bits i kind of liked the most was oh hang on a minute no, this, this truly is like the audience are part of the show Yes. 
you are one of Gatsby's many, many guests. Yeah. And then from there, we kind of, you know, set the scene for the party. We learn, uh, we're introduced and we learn about all the other characters who I've already mentioned. And then that's where things start to get quite exciting, really. Yeah, because it wouldn't be a party without a little bit of a dance. It would not be. We were all encouraged up on our feet and we were taught the basics of doing a 1920s dance. Yeah, I struggled. (laughs) You're the dancer of the overstudies. I know, that's the embarrassing bit. I struggled even more, but we both fully got into it. And actually most people there did as well. Like, And if you don't want to dance, that's fine. Like, You are more than welcome to kind of just stand around or sit out, but give it a go. Like no one in that room cares if you're not very good as long as you're having fun. Yeah. I think that was the beauty of it is like everyone just kind of said, you know what, we're just going to have a go and see what happens. Like everyone was clearly slightly embarrassed that they were having to dance, but everyone was like, yeah, solidarity. Everyone's embarrassed. So I'm just going to go for it. One top tip I will give to anyone who goes, if you have like a bag or anything with you, the moment (laughs) you stand up, hold on to it. (laughs) Take your bags and drinks out with you everywhere. (laughs) Yes. Do not let them out of your sight. But as this kind of dancing is going along and everyone is starting to enjoy themselves, the room is getting slowly emptier. Yeah. So I didn't clock this at first, but because we were in the middle, we're having a little dance and I looked over to one side and I was like, oh, half the people in the room have disappeared. (laughs) They looked over to the other side and was like, yeah, we, we, we're just in like a random group of some people left. And I was like, right, okay, what, what's going to happen next? Like what, what's coming? As we were still having a bit of a dance enjoying the party, one of the, the performers, Rosie, just comes up to us, checks we'd come together and then says that there was a note for you to take to Jordan Baker. Yeah. So we were like, yeah, of course, we'll, we'll take this note. Take this note. Didn't read the note. We were no. uh, respectful of Jordan's privacy. Even though she said she would have read read the note. Yeah. And we went to find Jordan, who was just sat to one side and started having a chat with the one and only Jordan Baker, the famous golfer. I know. What an icon. And then, if that wasn't enough, Jordan asked if we wanted to be part of her entourage. So obviously we said of, yes. Of course. Like, like, there's no other answer. You don't say no to Jordan Baker. Exactly. Um, and we were led out of the main room of the party. Yeah. Goodbye to our drinks. Goodbye, Goodbye to our bags. <laughs> <laughs> they were still on the table. <laughs> um, yeah. We didn't see those again for a good hour. <laughs> yeah. We were like, oh yeah, we should, should have probably just picked those up. Yeah. Went and had a chat with Jordan with another lovely bunch of people. Jordan then continues to tell us kind of what's going on and she's up to a bit of mischief. Yeah, she is. She's stirring the pot a little bit. She knows who's at the party. She wants to go and have a chat with Jay Gatsby about it, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. So we are briefed to allow Jordan to arrive with the style and the pizzazz that such an icon deserves. Yes. She bursts into the room. We are whooping and cheering and celebrating her and then we're asked to leave. Yeah, Gatsby didn't like that. No, after bursting into Gatsby's study where he's in a some kind of meeting with other patrons of the party. Half the party. <laughs> uh, we are told to, to, to go away and to come back shortly. And yeah, so we go back outside. Jordan keeps having a bit of a chat with us. And then a few minutes later, uh, the door is opened and we are invited in. Yes, we are. But then this is where the, the kind of the action starts. We're in now a room with a load of other people, but then it's the five of us as Jordan's entourage there to support her. Yes. Jordan wants to try and set up Gatsby and Daisy. 
Yeah, she does. She's yeah. she's um, playing a little bit of mischief. Yeah, that's the one. Um, and she's also asking us, you know, as her entourage to kind of assist with this. And I certainly get the feeling that the way that Jordan plays the role and says certain lines, the kind of the intensity and the pace of that will change based on what her entourage suggests. Yeah, I think this is the beautiful thing about it is that it relies on you interacting back. And if you, you know, we were all very kind of engaged, you know, getting really involved with those conversations and responding as if we were kind of having a conversation with just a friend fully immersed in the experience. Yeah, absolutely. But that's it. There's a script, but there's also improvisation and having to know your characters for the performers inside out. Yes. You know, when you're asked a question, spontaneous question by an audience member, having to respond in character and kind of keep the narrative going is really quite challenging. Yeah, it is. But done so well. Yeah. Before we could get too much of a a look into Gatsby's study and and even speak to the main man himself, though, Jordan was whisking us away. Yeah, she was like, right, we're done here. On to the next next section. (laughs) Entourage. (laughs) And we followed her out of the room. We did. And we went back into the main room looked longingly at our drinks and our bags and had no time to grab them. Because we were straight into another room. Straight into another room <laughs> where we met Tom. Yes. And Daisy. Yes. And had a chat with them. Yeah. Tom and Daisy had with them another group of patrons. Yes, they did. And it was again interesting to kind of like go into that conversation and have then the audience kind of merging and mixing as well. But then again, before we could get too comfortable, that was it. We were back outside and now jordan was wanting a little more mischief for herself she was indeed because she has her eyes on that mr nick Haraway. i mean of course and she wants us to know what we think and of course we encouraged her fully encouraged her (laughs) to go get it girl but before we could do that too much everybody was coming back into the room and we were now having kind of one of the set pieces where all the performers all of the audience were back in the main room to kind of continue on the narrative a little bit yeah and i think this is where it gets quite interesting because we have that improv and we have you know in gatsby's study it's not completely improv it's kind of furthering the story that we all already know and then we come away and we have more improv but then we go back to you know the bulk of what the story of the book is again using some of those iconic kind of whole speeches from the book you know it's like text essentially lifted from the book yeah, like Jordan, for instance, is uses her iconic line and tells us all that she adores large parties um, because they're so intimate. At small parties, there's just no privacy. Exactly. And it's that particularly if you're a fan of the text, having those iconic lines as part of the narrative really does kind of help with understanding and relating back to the source material, but also really doing the source material the justice that it deserves. This is... Uh, pretty true to the book in terms of the events that it chooses and the way that things get structured. Yeah. So because we were kind of in and out of different rooms, we don't get to learn as much from the characters themselves. We learn that through Jordan's eyes. Yeah. We don't know much about Gatsby other than what Jordan has told us. We don't know much about Tom and Daisy other than what Jordan has told us. But those who were in the room with Gatsby will only know about Jordan through what Gatsby's 
told us. We would imagine, because obviously we've only had one pathway through this, but you will get the important bits of the story. And you can also sometimes hear if there's an argument happening in another room, you can sometimes kind of overhear the argument. And some of it will just be, oh, there's clearly some shouting going on. But then every now and then you'll get some words. And the way that that's kind of done as well to, to carry the narrative and sort of tell you things without making it really obvious, I also found really kind of interesting and quite nice in a way as well that you were getting the story unfolding in a very real and live kind of way. Yeah, which I think actually does reflect how the book is written as well, because we're seeing it through Nick's eyes. Yeah. And then the immersive experience, we see it through whatever character's eyes we are with. Yeah. So it's a very clever way of restructuring that original source material in in kind of this way. Yeah, exactly. And you know, one of the interesting things as well is when we congregate back in the main room, not all the groups come in at once and you never kind of once feel as well that you're waiting for something. You are being, all the different groups are coming in at one point, but there'll still be a conversation happening. Or there's also um, additional members of the cast who aren't the main characters, but are still there as a character. I mentioned Rosie earlier on. We've also got like Lucille, who's a named character from the book. If the main performers are waiting for everybody else to be in the room these kind of additional characters will come up and have a chat with you how's the party going and sometimes this chat can be actually going on whilst one of the main events is happening yeah that was a weird thing as well because when you come in you're warned you're kind of told don't talk over the actors but then you have the actors talking to you and you're kind of like am I supposed to be talking right now? Am I allowed to do this? But it's like, you you are. And yeah. like you would at an actual party, you wouldn't sit and listen to one conversation. There would be small side conversations happening, you know, things going on in different rooms. Like it's very realistic. Yeah. And that's one of the things I really enjoyed is, you know, if you know the book, you can kind of get away as well with getting a sense for, how busy the party is by just interacting on the side. And they might ask you like, how are you finding the party? Who have you met? Have you seen anybody? All whilst there's a conversation between two main characters going on. And if you don't want to interact with that, you you kind of won't. And the performers are very good at picking up from the beginning. Who are the people who are going to engage and who are the people who want to be a bit more of a backseat? And I think that's probably why we were getting picked on quite a bit is because we just threw ourselves into this completely. But that's one of the things for me though, is the way it's done, you also don't feel you're missing out on anything. I don't think like, again, I know the story inside out, but I certainly didn't feel that I was missing a part of the narrative by having a conversation with somebody else about something unrelated. That actually was helping with the, again, the immersion and feeling like you were in the room where it happens. Yeah, because the important bits you are made to focus on but the the kind of side pieces, the lengthy dis- descriptions of things, characters having those additional conversations that help you understand the story, but aren't crucial. They exist, but then the the important bits. It is a right. Everyone, quiet now. We focus on this. We take this in, understand it, and then the party starts again. Yeah. Or in our case, Jordan is whisking us off to another side room. Yes, we still don't have our drinks or bags by this point. They are 
still on. We can see them on the table. <laughs> we are sat looking at those drinks and bags and we, we've we just not had a chance to go and pick them up yet. We're in a different room. Because we, you, when Jordan Baker says go, you go. Yes. you. She says jump, you say how high. Yeah. And we are whisked away and we finally get to meet Daisy a bit more. Yeah. And we have a bit of a chat with Daisy in her room and understand how she's feeling about having laid eyes on Gatsby once more. Yes. And at this point, we'd kind of remerged with another group. So we'd had group one, then we had our space, then we had another group, and then we had our space, and then we're with another group. Um, and by this point, you've kind of mingled with pretty much everyone in the room in some capacity. You haven't spoken to kind of any of the other um, kind of patrons, guests, but you kind of have at the same time. You kind of someone will be cracking a joke in response to, you know, something that one of the actors has said. Um, and you are part of that conversation. It feels like you're kind of, I never at one, at any point felt like I was in a room with a lot of strangers because everyone just kind of lent into it. Yeah, completely. And this was, this is one of the really interesting parts of the show is kind of how this is done so well. And you get the groups will merge together and then separate. And as I say, we only kind of know what happened with Jordan. But again, if you know the story, Jordan is almost as important to like the narrative as Nick is um, in the kind of the, the context of the book, because Jordan knows everyone and is setting everyone up and setting a lot of the events in motion. So because of that, we were doing a lot of moving around. Like it was exhausting, but in the best way. And if you end up in some of the other groups, you might not quite get as much of the mingling with every character or moving around rooms as much. Like you certainly won't see all the rooms with, if you're with Gatsby, for instance, but you also don't need to because the characters come to you. Yes. Yeah. Um, because every time you do congregate in the middle, the characters that are mingling around with you as well, like the action happens with you stood in the center of the dance floor and there'll be someone, you know, kind of chasing a character around, having an argument, having a conversation. And you also have to think, right, I need to move because they're coming, they're coming this way. And like, you still get that interaction with everyone, regardless of whose group, whose perspective you are following. And it's interesting as well that you mentioned like the action kind of happening through the audience. Again, it's the sort of thing that happens at a party. Yeah. You know, there will be a fight and an argument and somebody will be trying to like get out the room and you just have to move and and help them to get out the way. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very realistic. (laughs) Yeah. So coming back then to where we were with Jordan, Jordan is going to be going on a date with Jay Gatsby. Jordan is. Sorry, Daisy's going to be going. I was going to say, that's a very different book. (laughs) (laughs) Let's be honest. Given how, should we say, fruity Jordan is, she's probably been there. I was just going to say she'd, she'd absolutely crush Gatsby. Let's yeah. be honest. <laughs> that, that man would not make it out of that relationship in one piece. <laughs> Jordan Baker, you have stolen our hearts. We are in Daisy's living room yep. and she is getting ready. And we are asked to help choose her outfit. Yes, we are. 
And that's that's quite fun, actually. Yeah. So there's an assortment of different dresses and costumes that can be suggested for Daisy to wear for kind of like the moment where she properly meets Gatsby again for the first time, because Jordan and Nick are up to their mischief. Well, Nick's not Nick's kind of being forced into it, really. Jordan's up to the mischief of setting Gatsby and Daisy up. Yes. Nick Carraway has also fallen victim to the Jordan Baker says jump and he says how high. Um helping with the little scheme. But yeah, you do get to fully be part of Daisy's friends and pick that outfit, go through kind of, you know, all the different options. A little pop of colour. A little pop of colour. There was an outfit that was pretty much identical to the dress that Becky had on. Yeah, it was pretty it was essentially the same dress. And you you suggested it for a little pop of colour. And then thankfully it got vetoed. Yeah, because it was too short. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, shout out to this one person who was just like, oh, it's just a bit short. It's just a bit short of every dress. And then was like, no, that one's an appropriate length. I was like, I respect it so yeah. much. But actually the dress that was chosen was a really nice one. Absolutely um, stunning. And I think that's it as well. There probably will be like not nice dresses that they would say we're not wearing. Like the 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 actor themselves yeah. will kind of like say, no, I don't think about that one. But you are part of that choice. And I could see if we go again, it the chance of Daisy wearing a different dress is quite high. Yeah. And which which is part of the fun. Yeah, exactly. Um then Daisy starts getting undressed in front of us all, which was That quite, was a bit of a shock. Quite a shock. <laughs> Nick's on the phone for Jordan. Nick, Nick rings up <laughs> and yeah, we the audience have to answer the phone and find out who it is and find out what Nick wants and pass it on to Jordan as well, which is just like, okay, this is um the person, I was stood one person away from the phone and nearly went to answer it. But the other person got there first, Ooh. but then was terrible at actually being on the phone. And started. <laughs> then they tried to pass it to me. And I was like, you've committed to this, hun. You picked the phone up so you can keep having the conversation. Yes. And I was kind of somewhere in amongst this crowd. Um, so I didn't catch most of that. So we go back into the main room. Our drinks and our bags have now disappeared. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> the table was gone. I was like, our bags were there. <laughs> Thankfully, being tall, I was able to spot them. Yes. And so they were all fine. And we see, again, another of the big set pieces. And we kind of see it play out with Daisy and Gatsby and Nick and Jordan and Tom. Yes. And that builds up to a big confrontation, I suppose, at the end of the first act of the performance, where Gatsby is very apologetic to his guests that they are having to witness this, says that he's reopening the bar um, and we have 10 minutes whilst he smooths things over. Yes. After the short break, we have collected our bags, we have retrieved our drinks and we're getting ready for the party to start again. We are indeed. And as with the very beginning, it just starts. Yeah, it really does. I was like, oh, okay, right back into kind of Gatsby mode now. You know, I tried actually to not check my phone or anything like that during the break because I didn't want to lose the mindset that I was in. I would recommend doing that. Yeah, actually, it was really nice to just kind of completely switch off and be in the space for the entirety of the time that we were there. Um, you know, even at the beginning, uh, we weren't even checking our phones, particularly like in the kind of the, the half an hour or so before it, it started. And um, we were just there enjoying ourselves. And, you know, as I say, there are people wandering around to talk to and even like the bar staff are part of the uh, show when you're up buying a drink at the in the interval they're asking you know how what have you seen so far how are you enjoying the party and it's 
really do embrace it. Yeah, it does make it so much more enjoyable when you are committing to it. And I mean, like even the bar staff being as equally committed as well does make it, I feel like that just elevates everything. Yeah, absolutely. And it's even down to like little details, you know, the the drinks on the bar are not just your normal kind of chains. Like if you want a Coke, it's not Coke or Pepsi. It's like one of the slightly fancier brands. Oh yeah, that was a decent Pepsi though. Not Pepsi. <laughs> that that was a decent sugar-free cola of some description. Yeah. I can't remember the brand, but it was it was nice. Not at like a premium price either. Like you're yeah. getting kind of premium products at the same price point you'd expect to pay for theatre drinks, which I think is really kind of good. Yes. Um, and really helps support independent brands. Absolutely. But yeah, we're into the second half. In the second half, there's a, a lot less kind of moving around, but it's also quite a lot more fast paced. Yes. As with the plot of Gatsby, things kind of go from relatively, not, I, wouldn't, I, I don't want to say a zero to a hundred, but they go from calm waters to a hurricane yeah that is a hundred percent what happens in the the experience as well so in the second half as well the kind of the groups the people you follow can be shaken up a little bit and we noticed some other people kind of ended up in different groups somehow we ended up back with jordan baker i think she just clocked us and was like right you two come on yeah (laughs) come with me (laughs) (laughs) and that was really nice actually though to kind of get the culmination of that story Equally, it would have been nice perhaps to have ended up with someone else. Yeah, this is one thing that we were talking about on the walk home from um, after the venue is that I find uh, George and Myrtle's story and kind of like the second half of the book quite interesting. And I feel like you do lose that if you're with not with them. Yeah. And kind of why it's why those characters are important yeah but also absolutely loved the fact that i that we got to kind of follow jordan the whole way through you know she manages to have a little bit of a flirt with nick we get to encourage her in that we get to you know make sure that she actually does follow through and places some cheeky bets does a little bit of flirting nick doesn't have five dollars as he keeps reminding us all to bet that she won't go up and sing a song. It starts out very, very fun and light and upbeat. And then things kind of escalate very quickly. Yeah. Escalate in kind of every way that, you know, everything comes to a head. Everyone discovers the hedonistic activities that are going on. Yes. And the groups re reconvene again. Yeah. So we're back to that, you know, you've had your little breakaway groups, but then the important stuff, everyone is in together seeing that at exactly the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And we get the, well, the the group go off to town. Yes, they do. In two cars. Two cars. But they are not the cars of their owners, for they decide to swap. Daisy and Gatsby go in Tom's slightly more muted cabriolet, whilst the main party take Gatsby's iconic yellow Rolls Royce. Yes. And we also get that one particular passage from the book about the doctor's eyes. The eyes of Dr. T.J. Eckelberg always looking down upon us. I always forget what he's called. And that's a very niche reference that I forgot about. And then 
I have heard that reference like seven times in the space of like the two weeks leading up to going to see this show. But yes, we get that lovely. It's a very nice passage. And it's one of the most beautiful kind of like bits of writing from the book. And we get it near enough word for word. But it's also one of the most symbolic things, which is basically the eyes are always watching you. People are always looking down. And it's the foreshadowing of what is to come. We know what's happening. Like we, we know like a higher presence, higher being, whatever. If you mess around, then you're going to get the consequences. It's very much like karma is, you know, always kind of going to follow you around. Yes. So on the way to the town, the group all stop at George Wilson's petrol station and George and Myrtle are having yet another argument and Myrtle sees that they are all there and notices the cars that everyone is in. I think this bit was quite interesting, actually. This is the only time where we've seen two scenes at the same time because the bar's literally open Mm. and we can see into George and Myrtle's living room while the other cast are having their drinks and they're arguing and the other arguments happening. And I think that's quite an interesting one is like both stories are, well, both kind of groups are kind of finally merging for everyone in very intense and heated way. It kind of just keeps going downhill from there. Yeah, it all spirals very quickly and gets very fast paced very quickly. Yeah, everyone has had their argument in town and now wants to return back to suburbia and they swap cars. Yeah, they do. As they get back to the gas station, this bit gets skipped over a little bit kind of after the confrontation. You know enough about what's gone on, but it isn't kind of done in in any great detail. It's not really needed for the purposes of the show, but for listeners at home, half the point of earlier on in the show, when they stopped at the gas station, Myrtle will have seen Tom driving Gatsby's yellow Rolls Royce and thinks that he's got a new car and when she's had one more fight again, when they're all stopping on the way back, Myrtle sees the yellow Rolls Royce coming, starts running out thinking, this is it. This is when I can finally escape my abusive partner and be with my lover. And sadly, it does not end that way. Gatsby and Daisy are back in Gatsby's car and Daisy is driving. Yes. And Daisy at this point is very shook up. She has had a lot going on. Daisy's a very interesting character. Yeah. Without kind of diving too much into her character in the text as a whole, she is torn between two people, is being pulled in many different directions, has had something to drink as well, is driving a car, is not in a good mental state, does not see Myrtle and unfortunately does hit her with the car. And keeps going. Yeah. And this is with the text, this is one of the reasons why for me, Great Gatsby is one of the, the best books because the writing of this passage is so moving and so powerful. I cried when the first time I read this because the emotions are just so raw and this was done so well in the production that you felt the, I don't know what- It was anguish. Yeah. Of kind of everything that's happening and everything comes to a head. And then again, it happens very quickly of, you know, Daisy not quite realizing that she hit someone, then realizing she had hit someone. What'd she do? How'd she get away from it? And then we all start getting taken out into little rooms again. 
yeah, we were like literally grabbed and dragged into Daisy's room and she's obviously distraught. Yeah. And this is the first time we now spend time with someone other than Jordan. Yeah. Which was quite, quite nice, actually. Yeah. Just kind of seeing a different perspective. Yeah. And we've ended up with Daisy processing what's just happened, processing that she's hit Myrtle. And what does she do about that? Yeah. And we kind of get initially Gatsby telling us to spend time with, with her. And then we get Tom finding her. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're sat there, we're hearing kind of Daisy's being torn between does she go with Gatsby? Does she stay with Tom? What's best for her daughter? Which we've just found out the f- for us. Uh, it was kind of the one like thing for me that I was a bit annoyed, not annoyed about, but it was the one element of the show that I was like, I've missed something here. Obviously, I know the books when I knew what was happening, but this was the first time we find out that Daisy has a daughter. Yeah. Right towards the end, just because we hadn't spent that time with her. And I think that then does explain her confliction. Yeah. And then Tom comes in and I I think you should talk about this because this is one of the standout kind of moments for you. So because we'd not really spent that much time with Tom, because I think he was actually the only character we hadn't interacted with. We saw him and Myrtle very, very Very briefly. Very briefly. Jordan took us in to see Tom and we walked in on Tom and Myrtle having some shenanigans. Oh, yeah. And were very quickly ushered back out. (laughs) Yeah. So we'd not spent any time with Tom at all in this production and Tom is desperate to keep Daisy he's so desperate to the point where he is actually very very scary and I think the way that this is portrayed in the immersive experience tours an incredibly incredibly fine line between being actually scary and being uncomfortable and being completely just like wow this is the most breathtaking piece of acting I've ever seen it's a very 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 thin line and it is slap bang in the middle of that line there is never any point that while it is you you know you're seeing an argument in front of you someone who is so incredibly passionate about keep like keeping their partner and making sure that their partner also doesn't go to prison the amount of emotions there could quite easily spill over into being terrifying but it never does at any point like you're certainly concerned you're meant to feel uncomfortable but it was very much like i still know that i am not this isn't real. Yeah. That line is kind of very fine as, as Becky says. And it's a line that in an immersive kind of experience when you are, I was sat right next to Tom. Um, like Tom was brushing up against me. That line kind of comes a lot closer when you are so clear, but to be able to do that so well and not cross that is fantastic and is a credit to the production. Yeah. Because you know, it's, this is an incredibly intimate space as well. So it is intense and those everyone's emotions are intense, but at never at any one point do you feel that it's real. Like in, you know, in, in this kind of scenario, you're not worried. You are just observing. Yeah. But you are invested in yeah, the dialogue in- as well. And 
once Daisy's then on her own again, she starts asking us, like, what what do we think she should do? Should she stay with Tom? Should she go with Gatsby? And to kind of have a bit of a conversation. I think, again, it's that improvisation, but also knowing the character and having to obviously come to the outcome of the book. But you're you're part of that. And it having some of these confrontations and some of these moments be so convincing and so uncomfortable also makes you so invested in what Daisy's doing. It's like Daisy knows she doesn't really want to stay with Tom, but she does it for her daughter. Yes. And having that conversation and those understandings is really interesting. Yeah. As as mentioned, Daisy's a very complex and interesting character. And while she has to get to the conclusion of the book, ultimately, you get to understand her mind a little bit more by kind of, you know, I was trying not to say anything at this point because I was like, I know what, if I was speaking to a real friend, what I would say, I'd be like, you don't want to be with either of these guys, like get out while you still can. But you can't do that. So it's kind of like trying to get to the end of the book without actually forcing it. Which he's done so well. Yeah. And I think that was it, is that throughout the whole production, you never, or I certainly never once felt that this was like 100% scripted, if that makes sense. It, it didn't feel like we have to now do this. It wasn't mechanical. It wasn't like quite staggered. It, everything flowed so beautifully. Daisy makes her decision and we head back out into the main room again and we have the climax. Yes. And all the characters are present, even Myrtle from the dead is you know kind of in the room but the action is on the final confrontation very there's not even a confrontation it's an assassination between Gatsby and George yeah Tom starts sowing the seeds that Gatsby was driving and sends the rumors that Gatsby was driving because this was the yellow car let's not forget and Gatsby was in the car yes he was and George distraught at the fact that his wife has been killed and also here knowing her that his wife was having an affair but not knowing who with assumes Gatsby Tom has masterminded removing all blame from him or his wife and George assassinates Gatsby yes and then also I think does he he also kills himself as well doesn't he and that's kind of the end of the book (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's that's we have that's a, the plot <laughs> we have the uh the kind of epilogue from nick kind of explaining that everything gets quiet there are no more parties the big house is just there on its own and that is the end and then you know everyone comes back out and we have the the bowels and, and then everyone kind of sinks off yeah and then you can continue to enjoy Gatsby's party. <laughs> yeah, the the bar stays open for kind of another 30 minutes or so afterward. Got opportunity now as well to get your phone out, get some photos with the piano, with the bar, with the JG sign. And also mingle then with other of the people who were in at the party, like the other patrons. This is when you now go and talk to the audience members. Yeah, because, because while... Because you know them now. Yeah, because <laughs> while you've like been through the whole process with them, you don't really actually interact with them Mm. so it's just kind of quite nice to be like oh yeah you you were in my group like did you enjoy it you know what do you think kind of everyone does kind of become friends by the end of it like they're not kidding when they say the rule the house rules are make friends because you will make friends yeah absolutely it's just it was just so nice that everyone seemed to kind of do the same 
yeah, it was a really lovely way to kind of round off what had been a really lovely evening for us, actually. And we we loved it. Like, you know, this is how an immersive experience should be done, in our opinion. Yeah, I think immersive experience is a bit of a buzzword at the moment. And it was nice to actually go to a real immersive experience. This is the first one I've ever done. So I was didn't know what to expect and didn't really know what was to come. But I think it was done so well, so smooth. At never any one point did I notice that we were being hurt, like moved along. You know, it was it was seamless. Yeah. So that's kind of what I just wanted to kind of finish and having a little bit of a chat about because it wouldn't be a, an overstudies podcast without doing Charlie's production corner. And it's quite hard to kind of discuss that for this show because everything is so seamless and we've kind of gone through some of the production already but managing a show like this stage managing a show like this ensuring that everybody gets their cues right to know what's going on in other rooms and to walk in at the same time while still having still making the conversations that are happening feel spontaneous is a true art yeah and I was trying not to kind of listen out for, you know, like cues and things like that, that would be a, this is when we need to move on. This is what's happening. And I was tried and I couldn't, I heard, I noticed music cues, but that was about it because I was actively looking for them, not because they were obvious. These music changes are really subtle and you wouldn't notice them at all. And as I say, you can sometimes overhear what's happening in other rooms deliberately, which is also part of that. But particularly with Jordan, you know, right from the beginning, we had to burst into Gatsby's uh, meeting kind of at the appropriate time. Then we had to dash across to be able to confront Daisy at the right time. Then we had to meet Myrtle at the right time. Then we were meeting uh, Tom and Myrtle getting up to stuff. And that had to be precisely the right moment to see what was going on before coming back out again. Then we had to be able to console Daisy and then from elsewhere the phone had to ring at the right time um and no doubt there would have been people with nick watching nick make that phone call so you know all these different elements are whilst you've also got audience members who i don't know might want to grab their drink and their bags is a real challenge but it was just done so seamlessly and it didn't feel hurried or rushed or when it did feel hurried it was because it narratively needed to be hurried and I just thought that that was such a clever and seamless way of making this narrative and, and this story come to life. Yeah, I had such a great time because it was so seamless. I think just having that that flow not be interrupted, yeah. um, even though it was, it was being interrupted, but not being interrupted and feel, it feeling like an interruption like a conscious interruption yeah that's it's just a skill that i don't especially because a lot of it will will have been improvised you know the conversation lengths are improvised based on the amount of interaction that you get from the people attending to to still be able to make it run like clockwork I, I just like my mind cannot comprehend. Yeah. And this is it. There's so many different spaces and rooms that you go into as well. And just the timings of like getting through corridors and stuff is so, but also doing it in a way where you never see another group 
being moved around except for where you're leaving like the main spaces we never saw other groups of people moving from one room to another because that would happen whilst we had already crossed the main floor and ended up and you know there are stage managers there holding curtains and and kind of helping this process go but there aren't they're not there when you're just in the room like there is just you and the characters when you're in Daisy's house when you're in Myrtle's house when you're in Gatsby's office all that kind of thing like there isn't a stage manager there going right time's up off we move and that just really adds to the whole experience for me it really does so that was Gatsby's party that was the great Gatsby immersive experience yeah I would highly recommend going to see this even if you don't if you're like me and don't know the book word for word um you know I know Gatsby as much as someone knows Gatsby who's just been exposed to it through other forms of media. I have read the book, but not for a long time. But you don't need to know the story inside out to have the best time. And I think that's why it works so well. Yeah, you definitely do need to have some understanding of the story, even if it's just at a top level, because it will just help to introduce the characters and fill in those little gaps that you're not necessarily going to see because of the path that ends up being taken but the one bit of advice i think we will both absolutely give is do get involved do not be afraid to have a chat to make conversation to interact with the performers when when they do have fun with it you know you will have such a better experience if you throw yourself into it uh, rather than if you just kind of sit on the sidelines but that's not to say that you won't have a great experience if you do sit on the sidelines you know there are people you may be someone who doesn't kind of have the confidence who doesn't want to get fully involved that's also fine you will still have the best time yeah it's absolutely what you make of it you are in control of kind of how much you dive into it but i i honestly am so glad that we did commit to it and just embraced it for what it is because i feel like that definitely heightened our experience absolutely immersive gatsby is running at gatsby's mansion in london until the 7th of january 2023 who knows what's going to happen to the show at that point they've always said that the current venue is temporary and they would like to find a more permanent home i would love to see it in a bigger venue and see more spaces of these characters lives i guess yeah i mean a bit more of a play around you know like getting kind of more of a garden vibe Gatsby's gardens or seeing you know Nick's house or you know having an a kind of addition to the universe that we already have um I think would just only amplify the experience absolutely that's the end of the show yes it is as always, if you would like to give us any feedback, please do get in touch. We are on social media. Yes, you can find us on Twitter at Overstudies. You can find us on Instagram at Overstudies blog. We have a website, overstudies.co.uk. There's a contact form there if you want to let us know your thoughts. Or you can email us stage at Overstudies. Yes, you can. Get in touch. Thank you, as always, for tuning in and listening. And thank you for listening to all of our podcasts. If you haven't listened to our previous ones, just search Overstudies wherever you get your podcasts and you'll find our previous episodes. We've done quite a few now. 
Yes, we have. We're powering through these powering episodes. Through. Other than that, that's everything that we have to say. That's the housekeeping notices. <laughs> it is. And we will see you next time at one of Jay Gatsby's parties. So tune in later, old spot. And by the way, it's Nick Carraway's birthday. <laughs>